Has anything terrible ever happened to you? It's a simple question. Has your life sucked? Tell her the truth. There is no truth. Drag out our story. Maybe all we've done is make a girl cry. She's talking about what happened. That's huge. Last time we were talking about the importance of trying to avoid insecurities and managing those insecurities. Of course, first recognizing that sometimes we have them based on our past experiences and, and things like that. But we talked about the importance of putting yourself out there in spite of those insecurities and taking risks because nothing great can ever happen if you are never willing to take any risks. And last week I told you about a risk that I was taking. I've been telling you this story about this girl in South Carolina that uh, I was going to go see uh, this upcoming week, actually. I was talking about how I was back and forth over whether or not this would be a good idea based on everything that I had happened the last time I traveled to see a girl. Well, insecurity got the best of me. At least partially, partially my fault. Basically, a couple weeks ago, probably two weeks ago, this girl, her name is Sarah. This girl, Sarah, uh, kind of falls off the face of the earth for a period of time, for a weekend, a weekend, three days, something like that. Now, this is someone that I would talk to throughout the day. I'm talking maybe 10 to 15 FaceTime calls in a day. I talk to her a lot. And then all of a sudden there was a weekend that we didn't talk hardly at all. And I wasn't really sure what to think because she, she just had kind of vanished. It's not like it was a... Um, it's not like she told me in advance or whatever... Then she came back on Monday. Things were good again. I was like, okay, well, whatever. She just she told me she had a busy weekend. It is what it is. I kind of tried to look past it, but it was still kind of in the back of my mind like that was weird. I couldn't figure out what happened. Then the next weekend came. Now we're at one week ago from now. And the same thing happened, except on Saturday. So Saturday afternoon, I'm having a conversation with her, and then she tells me, hey, I'm going out to sushi uh, with a friend so I might be MIA for a little while I might disappear for a little while and I was like okay sounds good whatever I mean that sounds reasonable I'm glad that she's giving me the heads up I don't expect her to be calling me and talking to me and texting me while she's out with uh, friends so I thought that was reasonable a couple hours after she was supposed to be at sushi I still hadn't heard from her, so I was kind of wondering. So I just sent her a text, a simple text. I said, hey, I hope sushi was good. hope your night's good. I'm at work, whatever. And I didn't hear back from her Saturday night. I didn't hear back from her Sunday. I didn't hear back from her until Monday morning. 
I sent her one or two texts on Sunday. I tried calling her. But on Sunday evening, I see on her Facebook page that she posts a bouquet of red roses with no caption, nothing like that. And so I look at those red roses and I'm like, oh my God, that means she was on a date last night. She was on a date. She probably didn't text me back because she ended up in that dude's bed at the end of the night. And now I'm screwed. I'm supposed to go see her. I I thought we had something going. and And now I find out that she's probably dating someone else. Then, I didn't know if I should confront her about the flowers or not. I didn't know if I should ask her about them or not. And I didn't want to sound insecure and jealous, especially if nothing was going on. But even if something was going on, I didn't want to sound jealous or insecure. This is a girl I hadn't met. It's not reasonable to expect that we're exclusive when we haven't even met. So I needed to find a way to approach it without being super confrontational or, or uh, jealous sounding. So I sent her a simple message that just said, nice flowers. That's all I said. And she responded and she said, thanks, my friend brought them for me. didn't really specify if it was a guy or a girl, but it's, again, these are red roses. I don't think that's a flower that a female friend would give to one of her female friends. I think that's a little weird. Even if I buy friends for, if I buy flowers for a friend, I don't know that I would buy red roses. I thought that was odd. As time went on, through the rest of the day, I could tell that she wasn't really responding to me as much. We weren't talking as much. So about a day later, I brought it up again, and I just I sent a long message. It's just basically saying, hey, I don't want to waste each other's time. I'm not trying to sound jealous or insecure, but I can always cancel my trip if you're not interested in me coming out there anymore, if you're talking to someone else. like That's, that's, your, that's your right to do that. So I just want to make sure we're on the same page because I don't want either of us to get hurt. I don't. I, I told her I didn't want her to play with my heart. Like just, just be upfront and tell me, and I'll be fine with that. Well, she, at the time, had claimed that uh, I had nothing to worry about. This wasn't. It wasn't what I thought, but she understood why I acted the way I did because she said, you know, I would have reacted the same way if you posted a bouquet of flowers or something to that effect or or whatever. So I kind of felt comfortable with that that she was uh reassuring me and then you know day went on another day still we hardly talked another day we hardly talked then she disappeared again completely i would um i would call her and she would answer to say hey i'm on the phone with so and so let me call you right back okay hang up never heard from her again the rest of the night i or I'd call her and she wouldn't answer and she'd text me and say, hey, I'm busy getting my son to sleep. Let me call you back in a few minutes. Again, wouldn't text back, wouldn't call me back. So I kind of started backing off. I kind of started trying to find a way to cancel my trip and just kind of move on. And I went, I think it was about four days straight, not, not hearing from her once. So I, um, again, I was getting ready to cancel everything. And then she calls me one morning at 4 a.m. on her way to work. 
And I'm like, that's so weird that she's like reaching out to me now out of nowhere. And she's talking to me like completely normal again. And she's just talking to me like as if the last three days didn't happen, just kind of telling me what's up. And I, I, I asked her up front again. I was like, are you sure you still want me to come? Like, this is so weird. You vanished off the face of the earth. And then after our phone call, I sent her a text saying, you know, look, you, you stress me out a lot when you go a couple of days without talking to me. Like that's, that's kind of, that's kind of hurtful when I don't know what's going on. If you're having a hard time, just tell me, tell me, um, if you don't, you know, if you're too overwhelmed to deal with talking to me in a particular day, just say, Hey, I'm super, I've had a horrible day. I don't really feel like dealing with anyone. Let me call you tomorrow and then follow through. You know, it was all the times that she told me that she'd call me back and she didn't, or she'd text me back and she didn't. That's what was frustrating to me. So I said that to her. I said, I'm not, I'm, I know you're a guarded person. I'm, I'm a guarded person too. And I, I don't want to get hurt. And I'm getting really nervous that I'm going to get hurt in this situation. And she responded back. Uh, she responded back saying, well, I'll make this, I'll make this simple. Like I don't have the time or energy for a relationship, especially with a guy that I haven't even met yet. I don't have the time to try to make you happy. Um, I'm not going to put what energy I do have into you. And I kind of felt bad reading it that it was like, yeah, I'm kind of being a little demanding, but at the same time, I was glad that I stood my ground. And, you know, she said she ended it with, a goodbye. I was like, oh, that sucks. That's not the way I wanted that to go. I thought we could just have an honest conversation and maybe fix it. And maybe she would understand how, how much it bothered me, how she'd been treating me the last few days, but instead she just blew me off. But I was glad that she at least said it because, you know, over the last two weeks she would just disappear I was glad that she didn't do that. I was glad that she actually told me up front, "Hey, this is this is too much. I can't I can't do this or whatever." So I went ahead and canceled my trip. I got actually really lucky. Um the airfare I booked was through Southwest Airlines, which Southwest does a great job on flight changes and cancellations. They're probably the only airline that you can get your your full refund back. They don't give you the cash back, but they'll they'll either let you change the flight to something different. So, you know, you could fly somewhere else. I could go fly and see my family or something like that in Wisconsin. Or I could fly somewhere else, whatever. Or they let you just cancel the trip altogether, which is what I did. And then they give you a, a voucher for the full amount uh, to be used in a future flight. So that's a sense. I, I know I'll fly again somewhere in the next year. I mean, I fly to Wisconsin frequently. Like I'll I'll use that voucher and I'll I'll get that money back and it'll all be the same, you know. So I got that back. I the hotel, I had enough notice. I got full money back on the hotel and I got all my money back on the car rental. The only thing I didn't get back was the the money that I had prepaid on the car rental insurance. But that's not that big of a deal. That was like whatever 40 bucks or something like that I don't think it was that much so all in all that's done and over I got that money back upset that I had made the decision to fly out there anyways I think part of the reason I'm upset is because had I not 
booked the trip to go see her. I would have really had no reason to be insecure about her vanishing for a few days. And my reaction would have been a lot different. And maybe maybe I'd still be talking to her. But it it wouldn't matter. You know, if I'm not going to go see her, then I'm not looking for a long-term... I'm not looking for a long-term text and FaceTime relationship. Like, I want someone that I can actually see in person. The problem, as I've talked about before, the problem is when you get into those text and and FaceTime relationships is that your mind, especially with me, maybe you, you can relate to this if you've done it, but my mind starts to create this imaginary person and they, they don't, they're, they're not their own person. You form your own expectations and you develop in your mind what you believe they are and, and who you believe they are. And then eventually when you do meet them in person, uh, it's a major disappointment because that person who you created is not truly who they are. You can't get a full, you can't experience a full person uh, over the phone, whether it's FaceTime or texting or calling or whatever. You just can't. So I suppose it's for the best. That was uh, early last week, so it's been about a week since that happened. And then I was trying to... (laughs) I was trying to make myself feel better, and like an idiot, I uh, I went back on Tinder, which I haven't used in a while, and matched up with a few people on Tinder, started messaging a few, and I had a total of three people on Tinder that I had set dates up through the rest of the week between last week, uh, what was it, Wednesday or so, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I had essentially uh, each day. I'm so like, for example, on Wednesday, I matched with a girl. I tried to set up something to hang out with her that night. We set it up, and then she blew me off and completely vanished. Same thing happened Thursday. Same thing happened Friday. Uh, three, three times. And that was that was frustrating because then I looked at it. I was like, I had four women blow me off in the last four days that's probably like statistically the worst dating week that I've ever had but it you know it reminded me of what I talked about on here last time when we talked about insecurity and I kind of wondered if that insecurity from New York from a year ago crept into what happened with South Carolina this year and it made me come off as insecure when I was approaching the topic with her and then I talked to these other girls and somehow that level of insecurity came through and the more I would try to set something up maybe the more either it either insecure or possibly even coming off as desperate. I don't know. But those are all things that happen when you try to force something when you haven't recovered from the last thing. So I'm still upset about the whole South Carolina trip. But over the last week, I've I've pretty much gotten over it, especially because... She messaged me and gave me that closure. That helps a lot. The whole 
even though I didn't like hearing, you know, goodbye. There's a there's a sense of closure there as opposed to the two weeks leading up to that where she would just kind of come and go and vanish and not tell me what was going on and that was driving me insane. But now, with that little bit of closure and now being a week later, I think I'm actually like, I'm actually starting to accept what happened. You know, I wasn't extremely close to her because I had never even met her in person. So within a week, hopefully within another week, I'll be like pretty much completely over it, especially since I was supposed to leave on Friday and come back to Vegas here on Tuesday. At least now I don't have to experience going out there, falling madly in love with some girl, and then coming back here and then being like super depressed about that. Because that was always a possibility. That was a very likely outcome. So anyways, that's uh, that's where that is. I just wanted to bring you all up to speed, especially the... Uh, Especially my one listener last week, uh, well not even last week, but last time when I read some of the pieces of advice and the the one guy was saying, well, you should go and even if you do get blown off, at least you'll have a good story or whatever. Well, at least now I don't have to get ghosted in at the Atlanta airport. That would have sucked even worse, I think. But I have another story that I want to share with you and this is something that I wrote uh, on my Facebook page and I'm just going to I'm just going to read the story that I wrote uh because it uh it gives the full picture you know last year I I I talked about a uh, a motorcycle incident I one of my friends was involved in a crash and uh well I I want to read I want to read this story that I I I put on on Facebook just about about that uh, and, and talk about a good thing that happened to me this week. In April of 2018, I went on a motorcycle trip down the California coast with some friends. Although I had a few years of riding experience and was not new to motorcycles, I was still a relatively new Harley rider. The larger bike handles a little differently on sharp curves. The other guys I was with had a lot more experience than I did, and they were always checking on me that I was handling the curves, as I was clearly the least experienced in the group. Due to some poor route planning, or perhaps the fact that I was just much slower than expected on those curves, we had to cut the coast highway short, and we missed a good portion of the Pacific coast. We had talked about taking a weekend in the summer to go back and finish what we started, doing the rest of our planned route, but that never happened. On July 1st, 2018, I was on another trip with the same friends uh, in Utah. We were riding back to Las Vegas through some mountains. Rob was in the front, then David, and then me. I still remember the sharp curve that Rob hit first. I remember him saying in his intercom, sharp curve, sharp curve, sharp curve. I remember seeing a completely unexpected sharp curve instantly knowing that I was going way too fast to safely make it around the curve. I slammed on my brakes. I felt the ABS on the bike kick in. David in front of me did the same. Both David and I went off the road and onto the shoulder through the dirt, skidding towards a stop. 
I was terrified. I thought for sure I was going to wreck. When I came to a complete stop, I felt a very brief moment of relief. It was very brief because within a second, I watched as David lost traction and he was completely thrown from his bike as it completely flipped over. He was badly hurt, but alive. As I called 911, I instantly realized that I was going to be a 911 operator's least favorite caller. I had absolutely no clue where I was. My heart was racing, trying to describe the highway that we were on, and someone stopped to help. Thankfully, he knew where we were. I gave my phone to him so that he could talk to the operator, and I ran back over to David. Rob got back on his bike and rode back to Kevin's cabin to tell him what had happened. The accident occurred only a few miles from Kevin, who was uh, David's brother. Sitting there with my friend as he was lying on the ground in astronomical pain, struggling to breathe, it felt like a lifetime waiting for help. All I could do was sit there and tell him over and over again that he was going to be okay. Help was coming. It was one of the worst experiences of my life, and I wasn't even the one in the accident. I couldn't imagine the pain he was in as he was struggling to breathe. Eventually, David was flown by helicopter to Dixie Regional Medical Center in St. George, Utah. When I got home, unable to get the images of the accident out of my mind, playing the sequence of events over and over and over again, I was trying to rationalize what happened. How did someone with 40 years of riding experience having never been in an accident wreck on this simple curve? The only explanation I could come up with was that when Rob was there on the sharp curve and he announced it on his intercom that there was a sharp curve ahead, David's first instinct, rather than braking and turning, was to look in his mirror to make sure that I was going to be okay. I convinced myself that this was my fault. I should have been the one in this accident. Even if it wasn't my fault, I knew it only happened because I was there and because I was behind David. I didn't want to ride anymore. For a few days, I seriously considered selling my bike. That was my plan until I visited David. And he was the same joking, sarcastic, funny self. Not only that, he was lying in the hospital bed talking about his next bike, looking at Harley's on his phone, trying to figure out what he wanted next. This was just a bump in the road. It was not a dead-end street. He wasn't done with riding, and I think that's when I decided I wouldn't be either. On Friday, David, who lives in Barstow, California showed up in Las Vegas as a complete surprise on his brand new Harley. For the last few months, we knew as he was recovering that he was planning to get a new one sometime in February. We all knew it was coming eventually, and we were going to go with him right out to Riverside Harley-Davidson in California. The day he was ready to buy his new one, we were going to go with him. But he did it early as a complete surprise. So on Friday night, we were all back together again, riding around Las Vegas, and it was a great feeling. It was a reminder that anything can be overcome. 
seeing him ride again, hearing him in the intercom with his wise-ass remarks, joking sarcasm. It was a great way to end the week. The week sucked for me for completely unrelated reasons. But I wouldn't have wanted to end the week in any other way. I'm thankful that David is alive and well and riding again because that accident could have been so much worse than it was. Six months of not being on a Harley, not being able to ride is not actually that bad when I think about it because in my heart I know that the only reason I didn't wreck is because I was third in the group. I had the most warning. Had I been in that number two spot, or God forbid leading the group, and had no warning about that curve, my wreck would have been much worse, might have even killed me. David's skill and experience in riding is what made it an accident that, while it was certainly bad, was recoverable. And now today he's out enjoying his new Harley, which he named Anna. It's now 2019, summer's a few months away. California coast, here we come. It's time to finish our trip. David, good to have you back, brother. That really was one of the hardest days of my life when that happened. And then this last Friday, a couple days ago, seeing him on it, the whole time we were riding around Vegas in our group, it was the first time we had all been back together again because obviously he hadn't ridden. It was just, it was a great reminder, especially at the end of an otherwise shitty week that I had all this drama with girls, all this nonsense. This was something real. This was something that showed that anything can be overcome. It reminded me of how he was in, in the hospital bed just a few days after his accident when he was laying there in pain, could barely move, but still laid there in bed with his phone looking through pictures of the new Harley models to see what he would want next. And he followed through. He bought a badass bike. He's got the the uh, Ultra Classic 2019. It is a badass bike. He loves it. It's great. He overcame it. He overcame a big challenge. A lot of people wouldn't ride after having been in that accident. He had multiple surgeries. He was hospitalized for a while. Like I said, he was flown by helicopter to the hospital. This was this was a this was a, a serious accident. But he overcame it all. He made a full recovery. He's still in he's got a little bit of chronic pain in his shoulder that might never go away. But other than that, he's he's good. And and like I said, that was that was an inspiring night for me in spite of all this other nonsense that I have going on in my life. It's it's all just that. It's all nonsense. It's all secondary. A few days ago, I posted something on the Facebook page. Uh, and again, if you're not, uh, if you don't follow us on Facebook, look us up. And just search Third Degree Mind. I posted something on there uh, a few days ago. It says, "Love who you are today and smile. 
regardless of what kind of pain your past may be filled with, love yourself, good, bad, or indifferent. All those collective experiences through the years are what make you. It's what makes you unique. It's what makes you someone special to someone else, even if, like in my case, you don't have that special someone yet. Embrace your past. Smile and keep moving forward, knowing that you're stronger because of the pain, you're wiser because of the heartbreak, and you're beautiful because of the scars of life. Then it's a photo. Uh, it's a photo of someone standing at night looking out over the stars, over the horizon. And the text says, I regret nothing in my life, even if my past was full of hurt and pain. I still look back and smile because it has made me who I am today. What a great message. What a great message. And, and kind of going off that idea of insecurity that we talked about last week, you know, you can be insecure because of your past, but you, you can't bring that into your new experiences. Because if you do, and you judge everyone through that same lens, you're going to push everyone else away. And regret works exactly the same way. You're going to turn yourself into a miserable, depressing person if all you do is sit there and regret decisions that you made in the past or regret things that happened in your past. You have to embrace your past. Like I said, your past is what makes you who you are today. The reason that Friday night was so much fun the reason that that was so inspiring to me is simply because of what happened on July 1st. If that accident never happened, there'd be no inspiration in what happened this past Friday with him getting the new bike. I'm not saying I'm glad that he was in that wreck, but that's what we call a silver lining. If you have regrets, you have to find that silver lining, because it's there. For example, someone cheats on you over and over again. This is what happened to me in my marriage. All right, I was cheated on several times. And I still stayed with her and refused to leave in spite of that. But if I sat here and I told you that I regretted that decision, <clears throat> excuse me, if I told you that I regretted that decision, then I wouldn't have a child. Because when she cheated on me, that was, you know, several years before my child was, was born. The only reason I have that daughter is because I stayed with her. Further, the reason that I know that it, I know how bad it hurts to be cheated on is because I've had it happen to me. Which is why, number one, I'll never do that to someone else. And number two, I'll never put up with it again if someone does it to me. Those are two lessons that I learned that my ex-wife taught me. If I didn't live through that experience, I wouldn't be so familiar with those two lessons today. That's how everything is in life. Every decision you make, if you, if you sit there and you regret it, 
Well, number one, you can't change the past anyways. Even if I did regret that decision to stay with my ex-wife, it wouldn't make any difference whatsoever. I could sit here and still be miserable about the fact that I stayed with her as long as I did and I wouldn't leave her when I should have. What's done is done. I'm talking 10 years ago. The decisions I made 10, 12 years ago, that I can't go back and change that. I might as well learn from it. Embrace your past and keep moving forward. And this is the key, knowing that you're stronger because of the pain. Does pain make you stronger? Absolutely. The old saying, that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You're wiser because of the heartbreak. Does heartbreak bring wisdom? Absolutely it does. 100%. Every experience I have that hurts my heart teaches me something. And you're beautiful because of the scars of life. The scars of life. Whatever life has done to you makes you beautiful. It makes you unique. Like I said in that Facebook post, it makes you someone special to someone else, even if you don't have that special someone yet. Your personality is formed by your past. Those collective experiences that's what makes you. All right. Well, this is just going to be a short one here. We're at about a half an hour, and I got to start getting ready for work. I don't have a ton of time to get into some of the other topics that I wanted to talk about in this episode. But uh, I, due to the fact that I had this trip next week, I'm keeping my vacation time, and I'm not really planning a whole lot, so good chance that there will be uh, another episode coming your way uh, this next weekend. So I'm, I normally work Saturday through Tuesday. I took off Saturday, Sunday, and Monday to go to South Carolina, and because I'm not going there, I'm not really sure what I'll have going on those days. So look for another release of Third Degree Mind uh, coming up in the near future. In the meantime, as always, if you need to reach out, easiest way to do that is on the Facebook page, Third Degree Mind. If you don't use Facebook or you just refuse to accept that the world is moving into this idea of social media and interacting and connecting with people that you never met, which might be a good idea after hearing my stories of how I connect with people uh, in, on the other side of the world via social media, if you decide to avoid that social media movement, you can always email me at borderline750 at gmail.com. Hope you have a great week. I know it's Monday. Monday sucks. You probably have the Monday blues. Do what you can to get through this week, and I will talk to you again real soon.
Hey, it's Jay, creator and host of Third Degree Mind Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I wanted to close really quick by reminding you that Third Degree Mind is produced primarily for entertainment purposes and is not intended to treat or diagnose any mental illness and is not intended to replace clinical psychiatry. I am not a licensed therapist or physician, so if you feel that you need mental health treatment, please always seek that appropriate care in your area. If you're feeling actively suicidal, please call 911 or take yourself to an emergency room. If you're in the U.S., you can contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline 24-7 at 1-800-273-8255 or contact them using their online chat service at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And once again, they are available 24-7.